Welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest is the co-founder of Onside Compliance and co-founder and CEO of ProCanna. With a true entrepreneurial spirit, she joined the cannabis industry in 2013 as a member of the application team that won one of the first competitive vertically integrated applications in Massachusetts. After that, she helped win cannabis licenses in New York, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, California, Arkansas, North Dakota, and Nevada. As a regulatory specialist, she is passionate about combining compliance with operational excellence, safe, standardized products, empowered employees, strong company culture, and brands. And so without further ado, Dee Dee Perkins, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for, for joining us today, Dee Dee. Um, so Dee Dee, you and I had had talked previously about kind of how how you, you got into the industry and kind of what led you down the path of compliance. Um, but for those who are just tuning in for the very first time and, and fresh to your work, can you kind of take us back a little bit to where all of this started and, and how your path into the cannabis industry um, began? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised sometimes that I'm in the cannabis industry, honestly. I was a freelance writer um, and got a referral from one of my clients that um, somebody was looking for help on an application. And so I went and met the gentleman and um, I walked in, very nice guy sitting at the table. He puts his hands up and he said, you know, like, I don't know if you know anything about medical marijuana, but this is an application for anyways. So um, I ended up joining that team. I knew nothing about medical marijuana at the time. Um, totally uh, just pulled me into the industry, you know, just talking to patients and caregivers and learning about regulations. And um, we ended up um, writing and winning that first competitive license in Massachusetts. I met a bunch of people at the national level, um, started getting referrals for other business. And literally within 18 months, my um, writing practices sort of veered into the cannabis industry almost 100%. And writing everything from blog posts and patient testimonials to SOPs, policies, you know, and lots of applications. So really became a regulatory specialist. So, yeah. That's so cool. And it's funny how it kind of happened, um, not to be cliche, but it kind of happened organically and you didn't even, it, so, it sounds like you didn't even realize that that was going to be the long-term play. I certainly did not. I certainly did not. And I, I guess I left out a key part of it is for the first couple of years, I was freelancing with a number of different companies working with it in a number of different states. But in 2015, I went in-house with my largest client. Um, and uh, at the time I was employee 50 or so, they had two uh, facilities. And by the time I left uh, five years later, uh, we had expanded to nine states, uh, almost a thousand employees, we had gone public. So I had this ringside seat from, you know, during that time of everything from really small operators to small operators who grew incredibly fast with incredible success into large companies. And um, it, so it was just a really unique sort of ringside seat of the industry at the time. And uh, I'm very grateful to have, you know, been part of it. And that's where I got the idea for Pocana, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. Um, and before we before we jump into into Procana, because I really want to want to talk about what you guys are doing there. Um, you know, you you kind of allude to compliance as um, not being boring, right? Or like how a lot of people sometimes think of it as, oh, it's boring. It's an afterthought. Um, can you kind of share with us just a little bit about how that ringside seat? early on in the days of the cannabis industry, and I think we're still pretty early in the industry, but in those earlier days when you had that ringside seat, kind of, you know, what what made you realize, wow, this isn't, this can't be just an afterthought. Like this needs to be something that every company and every cannabis business needs to consider 
if they really want, you know, longevity and they want success long term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I mean, there's just so many regulations, you know, um, in a state. And if you're, you know, if you're a vertical operator and you're running cultivation teams, processing teams, retail teams, the regulations are all different. If you're in multiple states, the regulations are different. In California, if in different counties, the regulations are different. It just becomes a very complex um, operational challenge. And what I saw time and again with, you know, the best companies, really smart, hardworking people, very well funded. Um, they were moving so fast, but the amount of stress and, um, you know, SOPs would be in different places. And, uh, you know, training was at a very rudimentary stage and, you know, compliance was, everybody was moving so fast. It was almost like, okay, we understand the big parts, but the little parts, uh, anyways, it was just a lot of stress, a lot of questions. You know, I'd get questions, uh, one in particular, I remember um, from an advertising department, you know, are, is this advertisement in, um, you know, compliance with the regulations? I think it is because I found these two. Well, though, yes, the person had found those two, but there were a couple others and no, in fact, it was not um, compliant. And, you know, it didn't take much to, to, you know, you had to tweak it, but I mean, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns. I feel like that the people in the different departments knew the highlights of the regs, but they really didn't know all of them. Um, and there was really no way to master them. Uh, and I just kept thinking, you know, we should lower everybody's stress. Everybody should know what the game rules are and make everything accessible, put people on the same page. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it almost sounds like as you were going through it in the back of your mind, there was that little voice saying, there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way. There's gotta be. The other piece that I really haven't talked about is, I mean, the turnover in the industry. Um, one of my clients had hired, uh, you know, a new um, master grower for one of their larger facilities. The person came in amazing with, you know, really sophisticated SOPs, which we put in place. And literally like eight months later, he was poached and, you know, often another grower comes in with different SOPs, different ways of doing it, you know. So that kind of turnover also stress training and, and just maintaining compliance. And, you know, so you had, I don't know, just the, everything was moving so fast. And if you didn't sort of capture that um uh, that knowledge base, you know, it would leave with the person. And often that's what happened. Um, you know, it was sort of anecdotal. People kind of knew what to do, but there was, it wasn't documented. It wasn't written down. Um, or if it was, it was spotty at best. So with all of that said, how has ProCana taken shape and taken form to help mitigate for a lot of those problems and, and, and urgent things that really need to be solved within the cannabis industry in order to kind of, you know, overcome the, the turnover, the stress, the, I'll even call it chaos, because that's kind of what it, what it sounds like when, when an entire organization is not on the same page. So how, how did ProCanna kind of take shape and take form to, to solve for those problems? Honestly, it was, a, you know, I, I like systems and I just kept envisioning a way to minimize the chaos, to lower everybody's stress level, to empower people. And, uh, you know, I mean, it starts with the regulations, but, you know, the training being a hub. So, you know, starting with the regulations, building policies and procedures, you know, accessing, have everybody having access to that, creating training through that. And, you know, um, it just seemed like it would make sense to be all in one place. And uh, that basically is Procana. And I started... Um, you know, we had, my husband was an IT attorney. Uh, we had a lot of friends in the software development space. And I, you know, we started talking about it and I talked to a number of um, operators and said, what do you think about this? And we just kept taking these little steps. Like it seemed like a little idea and we just kept, you know, seeing, does it make sense? Does it make sense? And um, 
it, you know, it turned out that we decided it did make a lot of sense and uh, we started to build it. So that's from 2019. We built it off 2018. And um, yeah, that's amazing. And so, would you say essentially Procana is a digital hub for all things compliance as it regards to each individual business, depending on their state, depending on the, the vertical that they're in? Um, and, and it's kind of catered to each company based on their team and their organizational structure? Um, and uh, so Procana is basically a cloud-based mobile-ready platform. Um, and we provide cannabis operators of all types, whether it's you know application phase where you're just starting to build out your SAP or an established operator um, with tools that offer optimized um, operations, training, regulatory compliance. And we sort of see ourselves as sitting in between our, our clients and the regulatory agencies in the state. And we make sure that everybody is updated whenever there's guidance uh, published or even at the bill level. If we hear that something's going to be in Massachusetts 18 months ago, they started talking about, you know, uh, working on the delivery regs. And, um, you know, so in fact, that that is the case in January, those regs were all um, became effective, but we would let our customers know that, okay, you know, this is what's happening. This is the new guidance advertising, you know, the, the state put out guidance that says billboards are or are not allowed. You know, it doesn't actually change the base regulation, but, but it's how they're interpreting it. So it's important that everybody, um, you know, has all those updates. So, um, yeah, that's where we are. That's so crucial, and so it's 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 important to not just um, to not just have the regulations at one point, like let's say in in twenty twenty one, but as things change and as things progress, which it almost seems like every day there's something new, right? There's some kind of new development. There's some kind of new new law or legislation being passed, um, and so having access to those changes as they sort of happen in real time is is really important, and to me it almost sounds like a no brainer. So. Didi, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, why do you think compliance has been up until this point kind of an afterthought or thought of as, you know, oh, we can get away with it, right? We'll, we'll worry about that later. Um, why do you think so yep. many businesses have had that approach to compliance and what kind of ramifications and consequences do businesses face if they approach compliance in, in a way like that? I think there are a number of reasons, honestly. Um, the first one is just that, you know, there's so many operational challenges you know, finding funding, getting your real estate, getting through the licensing process. Once they become operational, they just want to do what they want to do. They want to cultivate or process or, you know, get selling and they want to do it their way. Um, ironically, that is what Procana allows people to do. It allows them to put their own systems and, you know, policies and procedures and the way they want to do it to basically um, create their own operational roadmap um, in a compliant and operational, you know, operationally consistent way. Um, the other reason is, you know, I think a lot of these companies, they're growing so fast that compliance basically just never makes it to the top of their list, their to-do list. Um, it's always something that's coming down the road. I mean, I think some, you know, understand that it's really important, but honestly, there are more pressing challenges in their mind. Um, and the last one is, is, this is sort of an educational piece, but especially for new operators, I think a lot of them think of uh, compliance and they think seed to sale, they think metric. They don't realize that, you know, there are... Uh, seed to sale and inventory control is just sort of one leg of the compliance table. So um, I think there's a lot of issues going on. I do think as the industry gets uh, more sophisticated and stabilizes some, that the next step is to really um, 
drive for that operational excellence, you know, put in compliance systems that make sense that, you know, are sort of pro-business. You know, I, I think sometimes people think of compliance as anti-business, just one more, you know, regulatory hoop. But in fact, done right, it can be, you know, just the powerhouse, the engine of a company. Um, so um, if they don't, is that was the second part of that question was what happens if people don't comply? Right. Um, I, I think what's going to happen is that, you know, as the industry becomes more um, sophisticated, uh, your bankers, your insurance, your supply chain partners, they're all going to require, you know, um, a little bit higher bar. You know, they're going to want to see more complete, um, verifiable sort of compliance reporting um, systems. And I think that companies that, that neglect um, to pay attention to compliance, they're going to lose out on capital opportunities. I think they may uh, lose out on opportunities to distribute their product through the supply chain um, and even to sell their company at some point. I, I think that, you know, if, if somebody is looking to merge, you know, um, or be acquired by another company or even to be bought outright, um, you know, these are big ticket items. They're going to go through potential buyers or, you know, partners are going to go through, you know, sophisticated due diligence processes. And if you can prove that you've got systems in place and you're compliant, I think you're going to end up in a much better place. Yeah, I mean, and you even just answered one of the questions that I wanted to ask you uh, in, a, in a little bit. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, how does this tie to banking, right? When one, once banking becomes more accessible to to cannabis companies, and this isn't such a hurdle for for a lot of them, um, you know, what what's going to happen when it, when a company doesn't even have documentation of being compliant, or they don't have proof to show that you know they they are following the rules and regulations, and so that also becomes something that I think will create a sense of urgency for companies to kind of wake up and flip that switch and say, wait a second, we need to scramble and figure this out. Um, but it's going to be tricky and it, it might even be a little bit too late when they get you know rejected by banks or if they try to go sell their company and then they run into compliance issues. And so as far as that goes, I think, I think if a company is looking for that potential exit, you know, three, four, five years down the road or, or, or even longer, um, it sounds to me like it's really... It, it, it you can't afford to have compliance be an afterthought. That's that's kind of the message that I'm getting. I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you know, if you want to run a sophisticated, profitable operation and have your options open down the line, you need to be able to prove that you're, you know, that you're worthy of, you know, that you're that you do care about operational excellence and doing it the right way. And bankers, you know, I mean, there will probably always be bankers who will have a lower bar than others, but you're probably, you know. Um, I just think the best opportunities are going to come to the people that are the sharpest with their operations and, and their commitment to the business and the products. I totally agree. And from, so from, from your perspective, um, you mentioned, you mentioned companies growing really, really fast. And sometimes that causes them to, to skip out on a couple of things, but from your perspective, what do you think is actually holding back a lot of cannabis companies from being able to scale successfully and, and really grow to that next level? So, I mean, I think scaling funding is a big part, right? You know, I mean, some companies would like to grow, but funding is just an issue. Um, I do think, you know, that reluctance or the refusal to sort of take the time and seek out and implement best practices, you know, I mean, if everything's askew, you know, um, you're just not going to be as efficient. You're not going to grow as quickly. Um, you know, I think, yeah. Great answers. Great answers, especially operationally. And I think you, you alluded to systems before, systems and processes. And 
you know, I, I can't stress enough how important those are, especially when you're in that, that growth and, and scaling phase, um, having a place where you can just keep all of that nice and, and accessible for, for everybody in the organization who needs it. Otherwise it's just, you're going to end up back at square one where we kind of started this conversation in a chaotic, stressed out environment. And that's just going to lead to turnover and a whole bunch of things that, that ultimately end up holding companies back. I think so. I mean, I think, you know, small operators who want to stay small and, you know, they are the knowledge base, you know, the owner operators in the store or in the facility. That's one thing. But as soon as you want to grow, as soon as you want to grow your team scale, you just have to find ways to sort of institutionalize your your company knowledge and your processes and um, getting it out of someone's head or two or three people's heads and putting it into a system, making it accessible. I think that's sort of step one to growth and and. Um, going to the next level. That's a that's a great way to put it. I, I love that word that you use to, uh, if you want to institutionalize uh, your business and kind of take it to that next level, I that's, you nailed it. That's spot on. Um, and so Didi, for those who would like to connect with you or just get in touch with the team over at ProCanna and talk about, you know, how they can sort of, you know, fine tune their compliance and, and get on board with everything. What's the best way for somebody to reach out to you or to the ProCanna team in general? Yep. Um, I would say me, probably all of the team members, um, we're all on LinkedIn. If you send us a message, uh, we will definitely get back to you. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way you can find us easily there. Awesome. Perfect. And the website? The website, uh, procana-usa.com. Awesome. And- awesome. Didi, thank you so much. We have a few web- yeah, that's uh, launching this week. So we're excited about that. Super excited. <laughs> super excited. It's going to be real nice. Um, so Didi, thank you again for, for taking the time out of your busy day to, to talk with us a little bit about compliance and, and what compliance even means, especially in the cannabis industry, as we're still a pretty nascent industry, but um, there's a lot of upside in, in the next 10 to 15 years. And so I think this is one of the most overlooked topics that, um, that needs more light to be shed on. And, um, and I just, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share some of your knowledge and experiences with us and to compliance and, and the overall regulatory landscape in the cannabis industry. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you um, talking about this and inviting me to be on the show and I've enjoyed talking with you. Likewise. All right, guys, that is it for this week's episode. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConX. And look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.